Managing risk and protecting your profits on a dairy farm isn't always easy, but it's becoming increasingly more important to have a good understanding of milk markets to better protect your profits through more frequent volatile periods. Welcome to the Protecting Your Profits podcast, a brief monthly update where I will take a deeper dive into topics or trends that will help you better understand milk markets and risk management. I'm Zach Myers, Risk Education Manager for the Center for Dairy Excellence. Let's see what's happening this month. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us again this month for Protecting Your Profits. Since we're nearing the end of 2020 and looking ahead to a new year, Zach thought it would be a good time to talk about dairy exports. This has definitely been an area that I think has surprised us all this year. So without further ado, let's get started. Zach, I think we can all agree that 2020 has been a challenging year, but with all of the volatility we've experienced in dairy markets, have there been any bright spots that you've noticed? Yeah, well, thanks for the question, Emily. Yeah, it has certainly been a challenging year, and and despite the challenge this year has been, there there have been some some bright spots. Uh, anyone, any dairy farmer that had a risk management plan uh, in place prior to March of this year uh, was not as, even though they still suffered, that it didn't. The milk price drops didn't negatively uh, impact them as as much as it would have had they not had those plans in place and. Also, uh, the coronavirus food assistance program, the first round of direct payments and the second round of direct payments was a was a big help to everyone uh, that uh, that applied for those direct payments. CFAP one uh, uh, supplied paid dairy farmers six dollars, almost six dollars and twenty cents a hundred weight on for, on first quarter's production. And then CFAP too uh, ended up paying a dollar and twenty cents a hundred weight for uh, actual production through from uh, um, April to through August, and then and then uh, projected uh, um, milk production through the end of the year. So uh, a lot a lot of uh, federal dollars in aid was was paid out to to those dairy farmers that uh, um, chose to apply for that for both those programs. Then another government program, the food box program, uh, uh, was re- was really a big help in in helping to keep uh, uh, surplus dairy products from from uh, um, increasing as much as they would have without it. With that food box program, bought fluid milk and and uh, butter and and cheese and and uh, uh, stuff like that to to then uh, be distributed through. Um, 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 Food banks and and uh, religious organizations and nonprofits that uh, get food out to to, to to needy Americans. So it's it's uh, really helped clear the market and and uh, not and cause the, the um, price not to fall any further than what it did. But the real big bright spot or the unexpected bright spot uh, I, I, we noticed this year is, is the export market. Uh, so October. Which is the most recent data available? October was the 14th month in a row for year-over-year growth, and this is, uh, just, of course, despite the pandemic. Almost 202,000 metric tons, which is a 14% increase over last October, was exported uh, this this past October, and uh, a 202,000 metric tons. That's that's over 220,000 U.S. tons. 
and uh, uh, this this volume was a record for the month of October. So no other October in the past has has uh, produced as many exports as as this past October. And those uh, exports were valued at uh, um, over half a billion dollars at 554 million. So uh, uh, high value as well. So that was that's uh, that was a uh, an unexpected bright spot. That's great. It does sound like exports have really surprised everybody this year. So why why do you think that is in the midst of everything? Well, I think there's there's a uh, several reasons, but uh, just to name a few, uh, uh, not all countries have been effect as affected by COVID as the U.S. have has, or uh, their pandemic started earlier than ours. So in, in the summer, their economies began to uh, uh, come back uh, sooner. So they, uh, uh, they, with the growth of their economies after the first round of the pandemic, they were able to to uh, um, uh, continue to to purchase or increase their purchases in in some of our trading partners. And then, from a domestic standpoint, unfortunately, our milk price got cheap, so dairy products got really cheap as well. And then, coupled with that, the value of the dollar relative to some of our the, the foreign currencies. Uh, dropped. So uh, uh, some of those partners are trading partners, and and so the combination of of cheap uh, dairy products and a, a better uh, exchange rate for them to buy U.S. dairy products, it was it was prime time to to buy products from us. So so they did that. But that's that's sort of that's a couple of things, a few things that I see that's gone on to, that I think are helping helping uh, that export market and and has, has surprised the dairy industry. Yeah, I think that was definitely an unexpected surprise to happen this year that no one probably could have predicted. So why don't we dive in a little deeper into those export numbers? What is exactly driving the export volume recently and who are our key partners? Well, the, at the beginning of the year before the pandemic and, and uh, um, Historically, cheese has been has been a big driver, and uh, and that was true through March and April. But of course, uh, after April and or May into June, Class Three, actually Class Three and well, cheese price itself hit uh, a couple of records at being over three dollars a pound, and uh, Class Three was was uh, over twenty dollars. So that really, that really, even with uh, the devalue of the dollar, it was still too expensive for for uh, to for export to exporting cheese or for foreign markets to be willing to pay that uh, for cheese. So after that, cheese really really dropped, and then uh, powder exports took off. They just they really skyrocketed, and uh, and and a lot of that is is class four stayed cheap. So when class three uh, spiked over twenty dollars. Uh, uh, class four was still twelve, thirteen, fourteen, depending on on the month you're looking at. So uh, powder stayed cheap, and uh, as I mentioned before, there's a couple of things going on in China. China's population is is consuming more dairy now uh, than they have be have um, ever been. And a lot of that is in the form of in of uh, uh, dairy products or or finished products that uh, use whey as an ingredient. So uh, Chinese demand for whey is very strong from a consumer standpoint. And then last year, as as you may recall, African swine flu decimated 
the pig population in China. And as they try to regrow their herd, whey protein and, and there's a couple of other uh, powders that are key ingredients in swine diets because that it boosts growth and helps pigs reach market weight more quickly. So China's importing a, a lot more whey from us to, to meet their domestic uh, demand from a consumer standpoint. And as they try to regrow their, their uh, uh, swine herd, uh, they need more powder. And then also the next thing that's going on in China is, is phase one of the U.S.-China trade agreement that was agreed on uh, at the end of 2019. And they uh, started, uh, which inclu included buying uh, a lot of uh, ag products from the U.S. So under that the phase one trade agreement, uh, China is buying more dairy products as well. So China's been a very, been very important to us this year, but also for the first time ever, Southeast Asia has become our number one market. So up until now, Mexico, uh, uh, because of its proximity to us and, and uh, our supply and how quickly we can get uh, uh, dairy products down to Mexico, Mexico has, has been the number one market. But as I said, for the first time, uh, Southeast Asia actually surpassed Mexico and and uh, uh, has become our number one market over the last two or three months. And uh, so after Mexico, China is is uh, close third and then Canada, Latin America without excluding Mexico and then the Mideast, North African regions are, are the next three top markets. But uh, after China, uh, uh, the value and volume of those dairy products drops drop significantly for the through the top for the next three so uh that's that's uh sort of how i see things um i and and it's looking like uh, uh the, the southeast asian trend is is on a going to continue which is which is a positive for for us dairy especially since mexico has export mexican exports have been down quite a bit because of the pandemic and um um the losses to Mexico have been been offset by the gains in Southeast Asia, so uh, uh, it's uh, it's really playing a part in keeping keeping our uh, uh, dairy product inventories down. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Well, with October exports being the 14th month in a row of year-over-year -year increases, where do you think we stand on annual totals? Well, as I as I said, with it being 14 months in a row or or year over of year over year increases, uh, exports have really surpassed uh, uh, anything that we thought earlier this year that's going to happen after the pandemic hit that uh, we were expecting. Or dairy economists and industry folks uh, that uh, do a lot with exports were saying that exports were really going to suffer. And in some areas, they are suffering and, and will continue to suffer, but it looks like uh, the powder market is really going to help bolster that. But total exports through October uh, are up 16% compared to the first 10 months of 2019. So that, that's really good. So with October's growth, we're actually on pace to set a record volume this year, surpassing previous uh, um, records set in 2018 and then 2014 prior to that. And uh, the value of uh, um, exports through October is is estimated to be about 5.5 billion billion with a B, uh, and that uh, 
with that, uh, we're on pace to break the six billion annual total for only the third time in, in history. And, and of course, uh, the U.S. hasn't been a, a major dairy exporter until really this century. So back in the early 2000s is, is when dairy U.S. dairy exports really started taking off. Prior to that, uh, dairy exports were only about about uh, uh, well anywhere from two to three or four or five percent of the of the U.S. production, whereas now it it uh, approaches 17 and 18 percent at times. So uh, uh, a big difference now than in in the, in the last has been made in the last 20 or so years. Wow, that is a big difference for sure. Well. This has been really great. I think my last question to close things out for December's podcast is, do you have any perspective on the amount of dairy products the U.S. is exporting and what that means for milk prices? Well, we've talked about some of the totals and, and total volume, and but what does that mean? How does that how does that compare to to our total production? So, uh, as I just mentioned. Uh, uh, we're currently exporting somewhere, depending on the month, anywhere from 16 to 18 percent of our our total production um, uh, every every year. So what what does that mean? So that's basically one day, or a little bit more than one day's worth of total U.S. production is is exported every week. So uh, uh, so just imagine if if that uh, amount of milk had to stay in our domestic market and and how how would that uh, decrease the milk price? I've actually attended a, a couple of meetings where U.S. DEC uh, um, uh, President and CEO Tom Vilsack has presented at, and in a, a Q and A um, uh, session, I asked the question. Uh, how much of a dairy farmer's milk check comes from exports? And and the answer, unfortunately, was, well, with dairy markets as complex as they are and how things are done, it's really impossible to estimate a that, a number that would that uh, would be accurate that you could really rely on. But uh, but one thing I I can I can I guess for some perspective is is a lot of listeners probably remember the the milk. On market crash of 2009, and and a lot of that was was uh, was driven by the export export market. At that time, we were we were exporting 10 somewhere between 10 and 12 percent of our production, and then a month's month's time, uh, um, that 11 or 12 percent dropped to six or seven percent. And in that same time period, of course, exports. Exports weren't the only factor then, but uh, that next month, milk milk price dropped about five dollars a hundred rate. So, uh, so it's exports are really really uh, um, adding value to the to dairy farmers' milk checks, and uh, I, I look for that to continue. And, and as I said, just just think about if uh, if we had to keep that seventeen percent or that one day's production, and try to clear that. Under in our domestic market, it would it would be impossible, and and uh, dairy farmers' milk price would uh, would suffer. So, uh, uh, 2020 has been a very challenging year, but uh, uh, exports have been a bright spot, and uh, despite uh, the declines in milk prices, exports have helped 
bolster that price and keep it and keep it from falling as much as it could have others otherwise. So uh, I think we're fortunate this year to, for exports to have done as well as they have. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, this thanks, Doc. This has been really insightful and a good way to end. 2020, I think. I also want to give a special thank you to all of our listeners. Thanks for joining us on this new podcast venture this year. We hope that our listeners are finding them valuable. But as always, if you have feedback or anything you'd like to learn about, make sure you connect with Zach and share that. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Amazon Music. So on behalf of everyone at the center, we hope you have a happy and healthy holiday and we'll talk to you in 2021.